This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Good morning and welcome to episode 99 of Go To Grandma. This episode is originally airing on Zoomer Radio on July 1st, 2023. I'm your go-to grandma, Kathy Buckworth, and we are going to get right to all of the great facts and fun we have for you today. As you might be aware, this show is all about what today's grandparents need to know, as I interview experts and influencers, some of whom might be grandparents themselves, but all of them with advice and knowledge I can't wait to share with you. One of the topics we cover on this show is the subject of ageism. We've shared some research on the physical and mental toll that ageism can take in the workplace and out in the world in general. Today, we're going to meet two 55-plus twins who are making it their mission to change the narrative on ageism. They call themselves the Twin-Agers. Leslie White and Cynthia Hayde are Instagram influencers with an eye to influencing how the world sees us as we age. I can't wait to talk with them. Then we continue our cross-Canada coverage of the best multi-generational travel destinations. We've already been to PEI in episode 92, and we covered from BC through to Quebec in episode 93. Today, travel writer Pat Lee is going to tell us why we need to visit Nova Scotia and New Brunswick with our grandkids. Pat has traveled the world as a renowned travel writer, yet I know she finds some of her favorite spots right in her backyard. Then, while Pat and Leslie and Cynthia are sharing real intelligence, how much do you know about artificial intelligence? And more to the point, what does it mean from a fraud perspective, especially as it relates to seniors and grandparents? A revealing look on our Take 5 with RBC interview on digital scams. Time to grab your coffee, tea, or whatever you like to imbibe in as we share another half hour together on our grandparent journey. I'm Kathy Buckworth. You're listening to Go To Grandma, and the Twinagers are up next. Cynthia Haight and Leslie White are identical twin sisters who are passionate about joining the conversation around aging. Leslie's background is marketing strategy primarily in the financial services industry, and Cynthia's background is creative advertising production. And together, they have launched a new social platform called Twin Agers. Its mission is to change society's narrative around aging and tackle the last ism in the diversity portfolio, ageism. They want to normalize the aging process and humanize it through sharing stories of the everyday person. The focus is on what they have dubbed the magic hour, those 55 plus where there is so much more to contribute. Good morning, Leslie White and Cynthia Hayde, otherwise known as the Twin Agers. Good morning. Good morning. I am so happy to have you on the show. I have been following your Instagram account, as you know, Twin Agers. So let's get into it. Tell me about this. How did you develop this idea and and what's been the response? So um, it's actually uh, been a little while in the making. It was a pandemic project that sort of came out of um, a lot of deep dives into what was happening to each of our lives. Both Cynthia and I uh, were at a stage in our life where we were finding ourselves thinking about the, um, as you say, the back end of your life and making transitions in our lives. I had recently left my corporate job, since had um, started her own business, and we were really um, going down a different trajectory and watching all the conversation around transitions that is out there. And one of the things that we really felt very strongly was 
that there's a lot of celebrities talking about aging. There's a lot of C-suite business people that are talking about aging. There's a ton of discussion around things like menopause, and all these things are really, really good to understand and give a voice to. But we got wondering about what about the everyday person? And, and we became quite passionate about trying to give them a voice in the aging process. And, and I do think, just to add to that, I think where we were was a really big question that many people face, which is, what do we do next? You know, <laughs> yes. I mean, Les was retired and really, frankly, not wanting to be retired. And I was at a place in my career where it wasn't going anywhere terribly fast and hence had to start my own company in order to create something for myself because I was 55 plus. So there was that kind of layer of things as well. So we just did a lot of talking, obviously, during the pandemic. We were in our own bubble, so it afforded a lot of time to talk about where do we want to put our focus? What do we want to draw attention to? And the whole aging well space, that longevity economy, just started to bubble and become um, something that we talked about every day, and that's where we sort of landed and said, what could we do to contribute to this? So that's kind of where we started. I 100% get the space that you're coming from. I just turned 60. And, you know, it's one of those things where, yeah, where am I in my journey? And, you know, I joke that I'm the only woman in Canadian media that can age because I work the grandma market because there's <laughs> certainly ageism everywhere. So what? So you're telling people stories. Tell me about that. So how does that work? How do these stories get to you? And, and uh, you know, where do they appear? So we actually made a concerted effort at the beginning before we started to do a call-out for um, stories, and the response was unbelievable. I think we had probably a well over 100 stories um, coming to us. And our, our modus operandi there was, again, to try to find the everyday person, but to not um, have it friends and family, so to speak. We wanted to right. try to get diversity across our stories. And then what we were hoping is once we were launched and out there, that it would be organic in terms of people um, contacting us to say, boy, do I have a, to a story to tell you and I'd love to contribute to the conversation. And when we first went out, um, particularly on LinkedIn, the response was unbelievable. And, you know, it just kind of pointed to the need for this conversation to happen. And we still have, like, a whole pipeline of stories coming from what we're doing there. Yeah. Yeah, and I went on to one of your stories about Colleen, 65, who's an Indigenous woman aging, and her story is fascinating, but they're all very different but very relatable in some way. Yes. Which is awesome. Yeah, I think that was really important to Les's earlier point, point about making this for the everyday person because there's lots of celebrities that are lending their voice to this space. There's a lot of C-suite voices out there as well. And we just wanted to make it really um, relatable and talk about the good and the bad, the good, bad, and ugly of mm -hmm. it. You know, it's it's not about just inspirational stories. I mean, we draw from ourselves and how we felt. And, and while we might have done a successful pivot in the case of my new company, Make no mistake, that was a very stressful time in my life. And I wanted to make sure that how we were telling the stories was very approachable so people felt that they could, you know, uh, basically we want to shine a light on it, you know, and, and uh, make it real for people. 
What are your future plans and hopes for Twin Agers and your, your movement or your mission, I suppose? Well, the mission is, so our, our overarching mission, obviously, is to um, change the social narrative around aging for the everyday person. We've talked about that. It's really to join the conversation that's already out there. We want to challenge the definition of what it is to be old. And that's how we came up with the term magic hour, because in our initial research and thinking was you went from sort of perimenopause to menopause, which is great, lots of voices around that, but we're through that, and then what's next? So we defined it as the magic hour, because it's pre-elderly, it's pre-golden sunset hours, or whatever you want to call it, and we wanted to sort of give it a its own sort of definition, and that, that we term sort of 55 plus, until, you know, until you can't... Uh, until you to till you can't participate. Yeah, and then the third the third bucket of our vision is really we would like to uh, within those those overarching themes is to tackle the last ism and the uh, diversity portfolio, which is ageism. Yeah, and that's partly what I try to do with my show, too, is show that there's more than just being a grandparent, that we are actual still whole people who do many things with travel and technology and our work life, et cetera. So I, I love this. And I guess if somebody wants to talk to you about submitting their story, what should they do? Oh, gosh, they can reach out to us on Instagram. They can DM us. They can send us a message via the website. Um, we've also just started our community company page on LinkedIn, and that's another way people can find us. And we would be most interested in that because we want to continue telling stories. We also want to look at different ways of potentially partnering in order to educate and entertain. And we want to work with you know, organizations as well, whether it's through their HR departments or brands to move the needle on, on any kind of aging story. And, and really, I think just also if, if people want to uh, consider being uh, profiled, they just reach out. We've got a whole set of questions that will bring them along with the story. We'll talk to them and figure out what their, their sweet spot is and um, make it easy for them. It's wonderful. And I, the easiest way I found to find the stories, too, was to go to your Instagram account, which is Twin Agers, all one word, and go to your link tree and all of the stories are there. Or we can go to your website at twin-agers.com. Thank you so much for this today, Leslie and Cynthia. It's a really inspiring uh, trip, journey that you're on. I love it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kathy. Take care. Bye. Bye. Lee lives in Halifax and has been writing about travel experiences at home and abroad since 2016. While she's been lucky enough to visit some far-flung places, she is always a cheerleader for the Maritimes as a special destination for families, especially in the summer. Good morning, Pat Lee. Thanks so much for coming on Go to Grandma this morning. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. So we've traveled a little bit together, Pat, to some far-flung places, but I know that because you're from the Maritimes, it's one of your favorite spots in the world. Absolutely. Yes, I will always uh, promote where I live because it is uh, it is a lovely destination. Uh, I think it's great. Uh, well, it's really great all year, but really it's a wonderful summer destination and, and really lots of things to do for all ages, that's for sure. Yeah, and that's what we wanted to sort of talk about today is for New Brunswick and Nova Scotia specifically, and you can address both, obviously. Why are you so enthusiastic about these places for, for multi-generational travel? 
Well, I just think, um, you know, it is a bit quieter down this end of the country, um, not quite the hustle and bustle you might find elsewhere. So I think it's a place where families can come, um, big families, little families, whatever, and really just, really just, you know, really just disconnect a little bit. Um, they can um, find activities to do, you know, in the middle of nature, or they can stay in some of our smaller communities, or they can even stay, maybe stay in Halifax or Fredericton or somewhere else, but the cities are smaller and they're easier to navigate. And uh, I, just, I just think they just uh, have some wonderful opportunities for families to just kind of shut it down a little bit. Yeah, and I've been to Halifax many times for work mostly, um, and I found it really easy to drive around, really easy to get to see things. It's got that, all the big city amenities, like great restaurants, et cetera. But it's also just such a nice small town feel. So Halifax is obviously a great destination. Let's go, let's go beyond that or in that if you want to, and then beyond that for Nova Scotia. What are some of your top picks there? Sure, yeah, and we, we can probably skip over Halifax. I would just say if you come to Halifax, go right to the waterfront, walk the boardwalk, Go to the uh, museum of um, of uh, maritime museum of the Atlantic mm-hmm. and do the Titanic exhibit if that's of interest to you. But there's lots of stuff for the kids to do and look at boats and you know things and ferries to go on. So that's great. But then yes, get out of the city and um, really beaches. Um, you know, number one probably great multi generational activity are going to our fantastic beaches. I mean, Nova Sco- almost every inch of the coast of Nova Scotia has a beach on it, and you can go and just spend the day there and, you know, relax and have fun and watch the kids run around and play in the waves and all that fun stuff. Um, New Brunswick also has lovely beaches, for sure. So go to either province, um, look them up on a map. You know, really, it's not hard. You can almost just throw a, a dart at the coastline, and you'll find a beach uh, <laughs> quite close. So um, I would say the number one thing to do is, you know, find a beach that you like, and then, you know, you can explore from there. Um, if you're staying closer in the Halifax area for a little bit, one thing you might want to check out is uh, George's Island, which is a, for- a military fortification from, you know, back in the day uh, that has some cool tours on it. You can actually, up until a few years ago, you actually couldn't go to George's Island. It was closed to the public, but now they've opened hmm. it up as a Parks Canada site in the last few years. And you can go over there and you can take tours like, you know, you can explore the tunnels that they had all through the uh, island to, you know, where they used to kind of bunker down or hunker down uh, from the enemy and all that. So, you know, the younger kids, maybe not so much interested in the history, but they probably would love the tunnels and uh, the, the, you know, interpreters dressed in uh, military garb. And, um, you know, of course, the um, older folks um, would probably enjoy the history part of it. Um, so that's one that I recommend to folks to uh, just kind of get a taste for a bit of the history at this end of the this end of the country. Um, and you can also um, another place for kind of fun historical but um, interesting stuff is up on um, Cape Breton Island in Cape Breton yes. Highlands National Park. They have um, fun interpretive uh, tours and things. One that's jumped out at me that I would love to do if I'm up, next time I'm up there is they do a nighttime lantern walk where they take you around a lake in the park and they basically just kind of talk about the indigenous history and the history of the people who came after them 
And, you know, again, for younger kids, kind of fun to be out after dark and following this person with a lantern, and then everybody else will enjoy the, will enjoy the history. A little more active for, um, I think, maybe not the youngest of the youngest kids, but they do mm-hmm. whitewater rafting on oh, the cool. um, Shubenacadie River which uh, is in the, it's tidal, it's a tidal river. We, you know, we have the highest tides in the world here through the Bay of Fundy. So it's mm-hmm. the Bay of Fundy that forces the water at, when high tide down that river. And people just have a ball on inner tubes and other things that they do it on. So um, like I say, for maybe teenagers uh, or preteens and up, it'd be fun, kind of fun for everybody to, and you get really muddy and really dirty. So people have a good time <laughs> with that. And I know you're a huge cyclist also, Pat. There must be some great cycling trails as well. Yeah, there really are. I mean, we, we, they've developed some beautiful rails-to-trail systems along um, in Nova Scotia and New Brunswick, and I've ridden many of them in both provinces. So, yeah, you can come down and, and just kind of Google, you know, bike trails in, in mm-hmm. either place, and you can rent a bike. And um, the one that I particularly like, is, again, in Cape Breton, the uh, Celtic Trail. It follows the mm-hmm. water uh, on the west coast of Cape Breton Island, so you see the beautiful water sites. You're just minutes away from places like Mabu and uh, Jadik and um, Inverness, and you can, so you can hop off the trail and poke around those towns and listen to some Celtic music or have a beautiful meal. And, yeah, again, kids of all ages, adults of all ages, um, can enjoy that activity, and there's a guy up on that trail who rents e-bikes. So if you're into that, oh, cool! Yeah, yeah that's a lot of fun. Yeah, we actually I actually took my honeymoon in Cape Breton. How's that? So it wasn't a multi generational family trip, but it was it was amazing. And you touched on it just now, the food, right? We can't not mention the food in the Maritimes. It's such a great experience for for adults and kids to explore seafood and all of the great things that the Maritimes has to offer. Absolutely, uh, yeah. From lobster to clams to oysters to you name it. Um, we, we certainly have it here. And if seafood is your, is your bag, then, um, you know, uh, the New Brunswick, the Shediac um, area is known for its clams, clams and chips. Everybody goes there for that. Uh, Nova Scotia, of course, likes to claim the lobster side of things. So uh, you look for a lobster roll and then you can ask a local where the best lobster roll is and you'll get 20 different answers <laughs> and because everybody has their favorites. So, yeah, you can you can really have a good feast of seafood if that's your if that's your thing when you're down here, and and that's another fun thing to do. Just a lot of these places are just by the wharf, by the water, by the. You can get a little picnic and take it to the beach, or um, sit Love at a picnic it. table overlooking the ocean, and it's it's a fun experience. So much to do, and I can't wait to go back. Actually, it's been too long since I've been there. If we want to follow along with Pat on Instagram, we can find her at Pat Lee Writer. And Pat's travel writing and experiences appear all over the country in various publications and online. Thanks so much for taking the time with us today, Pat. That was great. No problem. It's great to talk to you. enterprise transformation leader with 25 years of experience in financial services, Kevin Perkis leverages his broad background in operations, sales, marketing, technology, and finance to affect organizational change. As vice president fraud management, Kevin leads a team responsible for managing RBC's fraud capabilities within a sound risk framework while protecting clients. Good morning, Kevin. Thanks so much for being part of our Take 5 with RBC interview series. Happy to be here, Kathy. Thanks so much. We've heard a lot about the advancement of artificial intelligence, or AI, lately. What does it mean from a fraud perspective, and how is it impacting seniors? 
It's a great question, and there's no question that artificial intelligence holds significant promise, but it's really a challenge because it's giving fraudsters new tools as well. And one of the things that we've seen is, you know, these fraudsters, they're natural manipulators, but they're using AI now to make their scam sound even more believable. And with AI, they can actually clone real voices of friends and family from social media posts and the like, and then they will use those voices and call victims, and they'll convince them that their loved one is in crisis and needs money. You know, this is really a new spin on the grandparent scam where fraudsters call and they'll impersonate police officers or lawyers. They'll say the grandchild is in legal trouble and that essentially, you know, money is going to solve that problem and it has to happen fast. It's already emotional. Now fraudsters can use a voice copy of the grandchild to make it even more compelling. And wanting to help, the money gets sent, only later realizing it's a scam and the grandchild is fine. Oh, just horrifying. So what are some of the other common scams that are targeting seniors? And overall, would you say there's an upward or a downward trend? I hate to ask that question. You know, unfortunately, the reality is that scams targeting seniors are on the rise. And in fact, the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre shared that seniors reported $9.2 million in fraud losses in 2022. And this was up dramatically uh, from just over $2 million in 2021. The reality is that a lot of these frauds are not the fancy voice techniques we just talked about, but the good old-fashioned scams. And the rise of in-person scams after COVID is a real real problem. good example of this would be, and certainly in the GTA, is roofing scams. You know, in this situation, scammers will show the victim of real-time drone footage of ostensibly their roof and say there's damage that needs urgent repairs. They'll ask for a large down payment before starting the work, and as soon as they have the money, you don't see them or the money again. Wow. And it just shows, goes to show really how important it is to be vigilant at all times when someone you don't know knocks at your door, gives you a call, or sends you an email. Absolutely. Well, June 15th marked World Elder Abuse Awareness Day, and it's clear following our discussion uh, that seniors continue to experience abuse in many forms, including being a risk of financial fraud. So what advice can you share with our listeners to better protect themselves? You know, it's so important, and thanks for asking, because we really do need to protect ourselves and those we care about, keep them safe. Because there's so many ways, you know, I think one of the best defenses is really awareness. And I don't know about you, but I like a good cup of tea. So let's use the acronym TEA. The T would be set aside time to look at your statements, learn about safe practices like adding multi-factor authentication and account alerts to your accounts. E would be for educate, so learn the types of frauds and the tactics that are out there so you know what red flags to watch for. And the A is really around answer, as in don't answer. When they ask personal questions on the phone, make sure you know who's calling. And if you aren't sure, call us back. If it's the bank uh, sensibly calling, we've got numbers on our cards, and you can call that. So a couple other thoughts. We will never, ever ask for pins or passwords. Uh, We will never ask you to work with gift cards or cryptocurrencies. And I really encourage people to have a look at our site for more great tips around how to protect yourself. So we should go to rbc.com for that, Kevin? Absolutely. I'd go to rbc.com and then also visit the Canadian Anti-Fraud Center website. They have great information there as well. Yeah, and I worry about it with my parents who are in their 80s, and I always say to them, if it doesn't sound right, it's not right. <laughs> check with me, check with your bank, check with everyone. Thanks so much for this advice today, Kevin. Truly appreciate it. Thanks, Kathy. Glad to be here and appreciate you raising awareness. Aging is not lost youth, but a new stage of opportunity and strength. Betty Friedan. I relate to this quote so much, and I hope you take strength from Leslie and Cynthia's mission and also the opportunity to visit the Maritimes now that you know or have had reinforced what a wonderful place it is to vacation, particularly with your grandkids. 
Next week is a very special week as it is the 100th episode of Go To Grandma. I can't quite believe it myself. Over 300 interviews done and almost 3,000 minutes of fantastic fun and facts have already been shared. The show will have some surprise guests, book giveaway details, a behind-the-scenes look at what it took to get the show to air, and what's involved each week with each new episode. Plus, a special announcement about the show that you won't want to miss. Tune in Saturday, July the 8th at 7.30 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, or catch the episode anytime on the podcast after Tuesday, July the 11th. We will also be talking about another exciting milestone as our Take 5 with RBC interview celebrates 30 years of the RBC Future Launch Scholarship for Indigenous Youth. To date, more than $2 million has been awarded. That's a really significant number as well. Thanks again for joining me. I truly appreciate it. And I can't wait to launch into the next 100 episodes of this grand journey we are on together. I'm Kathy Buckworth, and you've been listening to Go To Grandma. Share your thoughts on this show with us. You can find Kathy on Instagram at Kathy Buckworth or email her Kathy at KathyBuckworth.com. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.